Tonight we're going to go to try to do two pages, okay? And the two pages are completely two different topics. <laughs> the first page is a continuation of what we did yesterday in the previous page, and it's going to give you even more laws regarding impurity. So if you want to do a good crush course in less laws of impurity, review yesterday's page and today's page 83 and 84 then page 85 is going to be about planting so let's start with the first one and then we're going to move on to the other one so for the today's the first page 84 we only needed the two last words of the previous page amar robe and robe said <laughs> so we can just already move on to 84 a1 so Robe de Amora said the following. Velehanania. Now, uh, just have to remember, it's going to be very important for this page of today to remember the previous Mishnah towards the end of yesterday's page. That the Mishnah brings the Allah regarding a ship, a boat. And the Mishnah said, based on a verse on Proverbs that compares a boat to the sea. Just like the sea cannot become impure, a boat also cannot become impure. That was the Mishnah. Now, we have a sage called Hanania that the Gemara brought in the previous page that he doesn't learn that. He learns from a different place. And the Gemara brought that the verse that speaks about impurity, it lists different items that can become impure. One of them is a sack, a bag. So Hananiah learns from that, that only things that have a similarity to a sack can become impure. And what is that similarity? Just like a bag, you can carry it empty or laden, only vessels that can be carried empty or laden are susceptible for impurity. Therefore, a boat, a ship, because you cannot carry it when it's laden, wasn't included in that alaha, and therefore, it cannot, it's not susceptible for impurity. Are you with me? Yes, thank you. So let's move on. Says Robe, Vele Hanania. According to Hanania, who rules that a sheep that is carried laden is susceptible to Tuma. Ah, so therefore, only a big sheep, according to Hanania, is not susceptible for Tuma. But he said the boat they use in the Jordan River is a small boat and that boat you can carry it laden or empty according to Hanania that type of boat is yes susceptible for impurity according to the rabbis not because in the in Proverbs they make an equation they make similar any boat to the sea doesn't matter the size of the boat 
So says Rabbi, according to Hanania, who rules that a sheep that is carry laden is susceptible to Tuma. So he says, it doesn't have to be only a boat that can be carried, moved by people. Even if it's tiltul, even if you carry it by oxen, nowadays would be in a, in a, how you say, a big car, how you call those cars at all, uh, cars, like, uh, or, or um, truck. Yeah, bulky or a truck. So even that, according to Hanania, would be considered something that you carry as long as it's something that is used to be carry laden. Okay? So, even if it's, car if, if it's carrying must be performed by oxen, it would be considered carried with regards to rendering susceptible according to Hanania. So those, if I'm reading the Ascot for you to follow me, even a ship so large that is moved only by means of draft animals, we susceptible to Tuma, as long as it's meant to be carried both laden and empty. Okay? Now the Gemara is going to bring a proof for that. And the proof is going to be based in two Mishnas. Both of the Mishnas in the tractate called Kalim, which means vessels. So the first Mishnah says like this, Desnan, Shalosh Agalosen, Re, re, regarding how much uh, there's susceptibility to Tuma, there are three sorts of wagons. First one, Asuya Kekatedra, Tmea Midras. A wagon shaped like a chair. You know, have you seen in the, in the movies, in the olden days, uh, they were like small wagons, Probably also what they use in China or whatever to, to carry people in Taiwan. That one person sits is like a wagon with wheels and is being pulled either by people or by animals. So because that is made mainly or only basically to transport people, so it's like a couch. So therefore that wagon has the same laws of a chair or a couch that can, can receive the greater level of, of the greater level of Tuma, which is Tuma's madras. Okay? Madras, we saw it in the previous page, is something that if somebody sits on that or you carry the person with Tuma becomes impure. This is a, 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 a greater level of, of a Tuma. And that Tuma only applies on vessels that they are designed for people to sit on them. So this is one type of wagon. There's a different type of wagon. It's made like a mita, like a bed. But it doesn't really mean like a bed to sleep. What it really means is like a, what you tell me, Max, like a bokeh. That in the back is like a squared uh, area with some walls to it that is made for you to put things to transfer. So because that is not made for people to sit on it, 
because even if people see, especially in Africa, you see those bulkies transporting uh, 20 guys in the back, but that's not what they meant. They're, they're made to transport materials. So because they're not made for people to sit on them, so the main usage is not like in the previous one, like a chair. Therefore, they are not susceptible for Tumas Medras. So even if a Zav, Juanita, would sit or would lay down in that wagon, it won't become the, the level of impurity of a Medras. But it will, yes, become the level of impurity of touching. Now, the, the biggest level of impurity of touching is the, the tumor of a corpse. So, if it's made again like a bed, would be susceptible to meatamemes, like the corpse tumor. That that is the tumor that is through touching, but not the greater tumor, which is called medres, the one I just explained, of Azab and Aziva. And the third type of wagon is shalabanim, a wagon that was made to transport stones. So because that wagon, it doesn't have a complete floor, bed to it, it's just for stones. So it has boards, but there's holes. And if you put small things, it's going to fall to the floor. So therefore, that's it's not even considered a vessel. So this third type of wagon that is made to, to transport stone, Theoramiklum. It's completely non-susceptible to tumor. Now, regarding that third type of wagon, that in Yeshua Beis Kibul, Rimoinim, if the wagon is, co is, is covered completely, that you can transport is a receptacle to contain pomegranates, or probably not even all of it, but in some part of it, then it's susceptible for tumor also of a corpse. Why? Because to be considered a vessel, something has to be able to hold something the size of an average pomegranate. So that's what Rabbi Yohanan explained regarding that Mishnah. Now, now the Gemara is going to bring a proof from a second Mishnah that we're dealing with this wagon that can transport rocks that can be so heavy that you even need animals to move it. So we see the definition of a vessel when Hananiah said that it has to be a vessel that can be transported empty or laden, as long as it's made to be transported, even if to be transported you need animals, is considered that was made to be transported with empty or laden. How, how can we prove that this third wagon is such a big wagon that you need animals to move it? Based on the following Mishnah, also over there in, K in Kalim. Now the mission is going to speak about chests, boxes. Shalosh Tevoisen. Also, like we just mentioned, there are three different types of wagons. The Mishnah over there says 
there are three types of chests, boxes. There's a teva shepitcho mitzida. There's a box, a chest, that opening is from, from its side. So tmea midras, so that is susceptible to medras. Again, which vessel is susceptible to medras? Any vessel that is made for people to sit on it. So you have a big chest that the opening is from the side. Some people can sit on top of it, no problem. They wouldn't be blocking the door of opening the chest. You open it from the side, some people sit on the top. So because it's made for people to sit on it, it's susceptible to medras. Again, medras is an impurity that only applies to objects that people would normally sit on them. The second type of chest says milemala. Um, if it's a chest that you open it from the top of it, so obviously it's not made for people to sit on it. Because if people would sit on it, it would be blocking, you cannot open it or close it. So therefore it's not made for people to sit on it, so it's not susceptible for medras. So it's only susceptible for tmeatomemes, for contamination of a dead person, a corpse, or anything that by touching it becomes contaminated, but not the greater degree of contamination, contamination as a medras. And the third one is called Riaba Bemida. This is a reference to a huge box, a chest that is of great size and therefore is not made to be moved. So that is not susceptible for anything. Why not? If you would remember, we saw in chapter 2 that only vessels have the, can become impure, but not buildings. So something that is more than 40 CA, 40 CA is the minimum amount of a mikvah, which is 3 cubic amot, which is the volume of a human being. If it's that big, it's not considered a vessel, it's already considered a house. <laughs> So therefore, it's not susceptible for Tuma. So that is the third example of that Mishnah. So, by the Mishnah, let me read with you the, the next page, 84A2. Now this Mishnah, in its enumeration of the different sorts of chests, include, includes a case on an overly large chest, the one we just saw. And it is because of its great size, that is not susceptible for Tuma. Now, in the preceding Mishnah, when we saw the wagons, so why didn't the previous Mishnah also include the case of a wagon of a great size? And telling us that also is not susceptible for Tuma. So the reason evidently is that a wagon used for transporting stones is itself one of a great size. That, that's what it is. To schlep stones has to be huge. But nonetheless, as Rabbi Yochan explained before that, it's still susceptible to Tuma. As long as it can hold a pomegranate that is completely closed, and even if it needs to be drawn by oxen.
So we see that according to Hanania, and even the rabbis would agree in general, only regarding a ship, a boat, they disagree. But the, even the Chachamim agree that for something to be considered a, ves a vessel, needs to be made, that is to be made to be carried either empty or laden. But to be considered to be carried laden, even if to, to move it laden, you need oxen still within that category and is susceptible for tumor. Okay. Now let's move on with an, another case. Says the price, Tanrabanan, Midras Klicheres. Again, Medras is something that is made for people to sit on it. Now, what happens over earthenware? We're going to see soon, and we're going to see the source, that earthenware vessels are not susceptible for tumor. We're going to see why not. So, medres klicheres taur. The medres, which means something that you can trot upon, but if it's of an earthenware vessel, by a zab, that he can transmit tumas medres, it doesn't become impure. And even if it's a vessel designated for supporting the weight of a person, that is what the definition of a medres. Why? Because earthenware is not susceptible for Tuma, Tuma's medres. We're going to see why not. Now, Rabbi Yossi, this is continuation of the Brisa. He adds, Ab Asfina, also a ship. Now, the Gemara is going to explain what Rabbi Yossi means to say. Says the Gemara, what is Rabbi Yossi adding to the previous opinion? So, Let's, let's go to the different options. Omar Avzvid. Ravzid said like this. Ahikyamar. This is what he meant to say Rabbi Yossi. Midras klicheres taur. So we just saw that the beginning is the same. The Chochamim at the beginning said that the Midras of an earthenware vessel by Azab, it will not become impure. Why? Because earthenware is not susceptible to become impure. Now, these following words, they are not in the original text of the Brisa. Rabbi Zvid, Rabbi Zvid is adding these words to give us an understanding of Rabbi Yossi. So, the Brisa is missing some information that should have been stated by the Rabbis. That even though this earthenware vessel is not susceptible to Midras Tuma, but it does, is susceptible to touching Tuma. Mago Tame. That contact with the Zab, it yes would render it to become impure. Not of Midras, but a degree level of impurity of a Zab. And the, the sages continue telling us, Sfina shel Heres Tmea. An earthenware sheep would also be susceptible to contamination with tumor through contact. Why? We saw that in the previous page. It's like Hanania. Because Hanania, again, he doesn't learn that we compare ships, boats, to the sea. And according to him, 
earthenware is not in the verse when the verse spoke about the different uh, things that have to be laden or uh, carry laden on empty because that was included it wasn't included in that verse so therefore it can, is susceptible to become impure this is Tanakama following Hanania and on that says Rabsvid Rabiosi Omer Earthen worship is also not susceptible to Tuma. Why? Ketana didan. He follows the opinion of the sages of the Mishnah that compare a boat to the sea and it doesn't matter the material of the boat. Okay? So that's how Ravzvid explains the, the Brisa. Rapapa comes to challenge that explanation. Maskibla Rapapa. Rapapa says, My af, according to you, Razvid, the wording of Rabbi Yossi, they're not proper. Because when he comes to say the ship is also not susceptible to Tuma, so the word also doesn't follow what the previous sage said. The previous Opinion tells me two things that yes, susceptible to Tuma. So if the previous opinion is telling me two things that are susceptible for Tuma, Rabiosi cannot tell, and also the boat is not susceptible for Tuma. That's not the way you speak. Elama Rapope, Rapope says, we have to change the text in a different manner. So this is the way the papa learns the price. Oh, Midras, Klicheres, Tower. This was explicit in the price. The madras of an earthen vessel, it's, it's not susceptible for two mass, we explain. And Mago, this adds the same thing that the Svid added, but if you touch it, it is susceptible for touching Tuma by contact, Tame. Now, what Rapapa is adding, something that previously wasn't there, now he's going to speak about wood. In the case of a vessel made of wood, so what he's doing, he's introducing a new concept, which is uh, uh, vessels of wood. If you had a vessel of wood, then that is yes included for Thomas Madras and for Thomas Touch. Both Madras and contact will render it tummy. Now he also adds this wording Usfinas a Yarden Teora. And a boat of a Jordan, even if it's made out of wood, is not susceptible to Tuma because he learns Ketana Didan, like the rabbis. So this opinion reverses what Rabzid wanted to tell us. According to this second way of understanding it, the first sages follow the sages of the Mishnah that all the boats are excluded and none of them can become Tame. Like our sages, even though it's made out of wood. And on that, Rabbi Yossi Omer, now the word Av, makes sense the word also because previously 
the sages, the Tanakama, gave us a whole list of things that can become impure. So any vessels of earthenware, any vessels of wood can become impure. Chachamin said, just the boat don't. And Jesus is saying, yeah, even the boat, even, if, even, though, even though it's made out of wood, also can become impure. Why? Kehananya. Because we're talking about a boat that you can bring it in the Jordan River. So we saw that yesterday. According to Hanania, those are small boats that people would bring, in, bring them laden or empty. So that's why they can become impure. Okay. Now let's continue. Says the Gemora, Umiras Klicheres Minalan de Taor. What is the source that earthenware vessels cannot have the impurity of medras? Okay? From where do we know that the midras of an earthenware vessel by Azav will not render tame? So Amar Chizkia. The Amakra from a verse. The verse introducing the concept of a person be, being Zav, that he has this level of con contamination wherever he sits, says, or touches, Visha Mishkavo, and a man who will touch his couch <clears throat> will be contaminated until evening. So now this verse is speaking about the person and the couch. Makish Mishkavolo. So he's speaking about his couch. So we are comparing the Zav's couch to the Zav himself. To tell us. Ma'u Just like the Zav can have impurity, but he also has purification through a mikvah. The same thing the verse was referring that only things that can be purified through a mikvah can possess, can acquire the impurity of medras. So too, his couch must be an article that has the ability to attain purification in a mikveh. But since earthenware cannot be purified in a mikvah, so therefore earthenware were excluded from this Tumas Medres. Look in the footnotes, all the different sources for all these different halachas. Also, they mention over there in the footnotes, it's not a hundred percent literal the comparison, because the the zav to become pure is not enough just to go to a normal mikvah. He needs to go to a mikvah of spring water. A mikvah of rain water, like the ones we have over here, wouldn't be good for him. But it's a general comparison that the Torah was only speaking about things that are in some degree comparable to the Zav himself. Now, there's another source, which is a very similar idea. The Rebbe Rabbi Shmael Tana, the, in the Academy of Rabbi Shmael, they learn from a different verse, not comparing it to a Zav, comparing it to Anida. Regarding this is a Zava, the couch of a Zava, 
It says any couch upon which she lies will be to her as a couch of her time of the Nida. So Makish Mishkabala, just like previously we did, now the, the Pasuk is comparing the lady to the couch of her time of Nida. The verse compares the Nida's couch to the Nida herself. And just like a Nida, a lady in her menstruation, has the ability to attain purification in a mikvah, so the same thing which couches are susceptible to Tuma, Tuma's mattress, so also we're dealing about a couch that has the ability to attain purification in a mikvah. So from that we see that the verse is excluding to exclude from Tuma's mattress an earthenware vessel that doesn't have the ability to become purification in a mikvah. So these two teachings are very, very similar. Now, Ravila is going to question this. Ravila is going to question this, that, that something that cannot go to the mikvah cannot become tame. He says, that is not truth. Why not? Because look what it says in the Braisa. What is the basis that a mat is a mat made out of uh, reeds? Is susceptible to contamination of a corpse, which is too much mess. And even though it doesn't have a receptacle, usually for something, to acquire Tuma needs to be a vessel. And a vessel is defined by something that you can put things or contain things in it. But a mat that is flat, it doesn't can con contain anything. So it doesn't, is not defined, it doesn't, is not considered a vessel. So how could it be that it's susceptible to Tuma's mess? Okay? So he's going to tell us, Vedinu, we're going to make a Kalva Homer. What is a Kalva Homer? All the more so. Uma paking tanim, shetorim bezavt meim bemez. Now, small earthenware, how you pronounce this? Vials? It's like a little jars. Jars with a very small opening on top. So if small earthenware, I'm going to call them jars that even, through, even though they are not susceptible to contamination with Zaf. Why? Because the Zaf, the Zaf cannot sit on them. They're not made to be sit, sitting on them. And also, if the top of the thing is so thin that his finger cannot go through it, so earthenware jugs uh, um, can only acquire tumor through the finger of the Zav coming into them from the inside, not from the outside. So, if small earthenware, again, I'm going to present the vials. Is that okay, Max? Vials? Okay. If small earthenware vials, that even though they're not susceptible to contamination with Zav Tuma, they're no less susceptible to contamination with corpse Tuma, how? 
Because if they are in the, under the same roof of a corpse and their thin opening is open, the tuma comes in. In the zav, they, they are not becoming impure because the finger of the zav needs to be able to go through them. But when it comes to corpse, the corpse tuma is all, all over the room. It's like the, it's like the virus. <laughs> It's like in the air. So even if it's a very thin opening, it goes through it. So the Calva Homer is like this. If a vessel that cannot become too mazav it is yes susceptible for too mass for the tomb of a corpse, so then mapat, then isn't it logical to say that a mat, shetame vezav, which a zav can contaminate, then enodin sheyetamevemes. So we have to say we should also be susceptible to a corpse tumor. So we see that a mat, because people lay down on it, is susceptible to tumas madras. Says Rav Ila, but let me challenge. What you say in the previous page? Where am I? Why does the Bryce assume that a read mat is susceptible to Midras Azav? According to your ruling, a mat does not have ability to attain purification in a mikvah. You cannot bring a mat to a mikvah or any other wooden utensils. And we learn it from the Psukim, look in the footnote number four, that the two verses where the Torah speaks about vessels that can be purified in a mikvah, they exclude vessels of wood. So this cannot be brought to the mikvah. So according to your ruling, the verse that you, the two verses you brought me in the previous page say that only things that can be purified in a mikvah can possess tumas madras. What about this mat? Okay. Says Gemoro, Omale Rabbi, Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanese to Rabila, Shani Osam. No, the case of the ma reed mat is different. Why? Because there are utensils in this class made out of good that can yes be purified in a mikvah. So, how come if they have a receptacle? They can just be brought to the mikvah. If they are flat, like the mat, they cannot. So even though the mat itself cannot be purified in mikvah, since other wooden things are yes with receptacle being able to be purified in the mikvah, so also this was included within the category that can attain Tumas Metris. But earthenware, that there's no vessel what, whatsoever of earthenware that can be purified in the mikvah, that's why it cannot receive Tumas Medras. So Amarlei, so Ravila said to Rabbi Hanina, he didn't like his answer. Sorry. So he told him, Rahman al-Itzan May the merciful one save me from this understanding. 
meaning to say, what you said is absolutely nonsense. Since a read mat cannot itself be purified in a mikvah, so it's excluded by the above exposition, and who cares that there's other wooden, other wooden things that can just be purified? Rabbi Hanina told him, Adraba, <laughs> on the contrary, Rahman al didach. They had the mercy for one semi from your understanding. Again, as long as there are other articles in a given utensils class that can be purified in a mikvah, and they are made out of the same component, which is wood, so that makes even these reeds, because reeds are wood, reeds mat, to be susceptible to medres. And the Gemara is going to explain why. Vetamamai. From where did Rabbi Hanina got such, such a, an idea? Says the Gemara. Trey Kraikshivi. Because Rabbi Hanina found two verses. <clears throat> that they seem to be contradict one another. One verse says... Eh, and if a man who will touch his couch. Again, referring about the medrash. So this is the one that we saw previously that compares the couch to the person. And this one is the one that said, just like he can purify himself, only couches of, of, uh, of materials that can be purified are susceptible for tumor. But then there's another verse. We see that says the other verse, any couch that the Zav will lay upon will be contaminated. And this verse does not speak about a couch that is compared to the Zav. And this second verse implies that even a couch that cannot be purified in a mikvah is still susceptible to tumor. So you have two verses that seem to contradict this principle. So, okay, so, so then how can we resolve this seeming contradiction? By the, what we said before. So the verse comes to tell us that if there are other utensils as this vessel, the same material, wood, that can be purified in the mikvah. So even though this particular one, which is the reeds mat, even if he, this one doesn't have the ability to be purified in the mikvah, nonetheless, it would be included with the other vessels of wood and they are susceptible to Tumas Medres. But, but if there's no, when it comes to earthenware, if there's no earthenware, that can be susceptible, that uh, you can purify in the mikvah. So all earthenware are not susceptible for, for tumor. In the case where there are no other utensils in this vessel's class that can be purified in a mikvah, so the second verse, the one that compares the zav to the couch, his couch, himself, so just as the zav can purify himself in a mikvah, so tumors his couch be one that can be purified in a mikvah, otherwise it will not be susceptible to midras to um, Okay. And just to end up this Gemora, Rabbi Amar, Midras Klicheres Taormiacha. 
he is going to bring us a different source, different than the previous two verses. How do we know that earthenware vessels are not susceptible to become tummy? Says Rabbi, Midas Kilicheres Tarmeacha is from this verse. It says, Kol Kli Pasuach Asher Ein Samid Pasilalav. This verse is regarding an object that can acquire Tumas Mes, the impurity of a corpse. So the verse says that only vessels, any open vessel that has no cover fastened onto it, is going to become impure. From that, we learn the Laha. Ayesh Samit Pasil Alav Tauru. It implies that there's a cover fastened onto the vessel, it will remain taor. Okay? Why? Since in that case, the vessel's exterior surface interposes between the tuma of the corpse and the interior of the vessel, thus preventing the vessel from becoming tummy. When it comes to vessels, tuma like a virus, tuma in the air, touching the outside part of the vessel, won't render the vessel impure. But if it has an opening, then it goes through the opening to the inside, it makes it impure. But if it has some cap on top of it, then it doesn't go in. But says Rove, when the Torah spoke about that type of impurity, Miloskin and the Leishtonida, aren't we also dealing in the case where that vessel was designated for somebody's wife, that when she's nida, when she's menstruating, she can sit on that vessel to collect her blood? Obviously, yes. Because the Torah didn't make any distinctions, spoke about any vessel. They came and yet the Torah said that as long as it has any, any covering on top of it, and the tumor of mess corpse doesn't go through the opening, it's pure. Now, because this vessel was designed for a lady to sit on it, to sit on it, it should be susceptible to become impure by madras. And once it becomes impure by madras, once it's impure, the tumor goes in. So the only reason why the impurity of corpse doesn't go in, because it's still pure. How could it be pure if a lady sits on it for her menstruation? The only way to, to, for it to be, to be pure, if we say that we're talking about a vessel that is made out of earthenware, and even though it's made out, and, and because of that, that it's made out of earthenware, we see earthenware doesn't become impure, even if people sit on it. This is Robert's way of learning how an earthenware vessel of, uh, doesn't become too much madras.